Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. More V-Show with Bob Valvano is now right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) My bad. Okay. Caught you with a mouthful. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't mean to, but it's funny. Caught you chewing. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Luckily, you got MGMT playing, so that's good. All right, um, I didn't realize I, that was minus one forty-one on that. On the, um, the, the you want to add a team? Yeah, no, I'm going to go. Team. I'm going to go back and add to it because that's not even fair to do that to you, poor people. Minus one. I thought it was plus one forty-one. Minus one forty-one. Yeah, no, yours was minus. I think Leibs was plus two ten. I think. I think you're making crap up just to make no. him look better, but that's okay. No, I'm pretty sure it was plus two ten. No, I don't think it was plus two fifty. I think it was plus two ten. He's good at this. Hey, yeah. we got Loose City and Racing promos. Okay. Hot diggity damn. They play soccer. They do. You want to, you want to listen to one? Sure. Let's see here. Let's see who this is. Loose City. All right, this is the 2024 Loose City promo. James made it, so we can rip it. Fresh off another conference final appearance, Louisville City FC is preparing to celebrate a decade of pro soccer in Louisville. The club's 10th anniversary season kicks off this March at Lynn Family Stadium, and tickets are on sale now. Visit LouCity.com or call 502-LUCITY today for season, premium, or flex options. Whether you're a diehard fan or simply looking to enjoy Lynn Family Stadium's unmatched game day experience, there's the right ticket for you. So join in one of Louisville's growing sports traditions backed by more than 10,000 purple-clad fans a game. That's at LouCity.com or 502-LUCITY. City today. This is Lance McGarvey. I love his voice. You know, I like it's fantastic. If it's if it's, it's ten hot. years. Oh, it's been what? ten years. Yeah, no, yeah. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, purple clad fans, which is good because I'm. I you know sometimes I'm. You know, your mother keeps a very. Uh, she has a lot of stuff. She doesn't need as much room to walk around because she's smaller than I am. So constantly bumping into things. In the house, because there's, you know that when you when you come see us, you do the same thing. So. No, no, I, I love yeah. I love mother to death. Yeah, but, but she does that. Yeah, but she makes the house, as I call it, skinny bitch accessible, and all the women are tiny. Yeah, in their own way, and yeah, so they can maneuver around. But for uh, the fat asses like you and yeah. me, so it's uh, good because so we smash into things. And so they, the purple clad fans, if it's warm and you go anywhere, shorts, our legs are all black and blue from running into things. I fit right in. It's like, oh, look at that guy. He really loves the team. He painted up. He painted up from his thigh all the way down to his ankle. Like, no, this is from a coffee table. Right now. No, it looks great. All right, I'm going to add. Uh-oh. It's an in-game guest. Oh, you bet your sweet ass. 
Please don't tell me it's Travis Ford. I'd be embarrassed. <laughs> Why would it be? Oh, yeah. The salute coach is yeah. calling like, hey, hey, I'm still here. No. Uh, V-Show, in-show uh, guest booking booked at 150 of the second hour. ESPN college basketball analyst Sean Farnham will join us. Um, I just don't know what time yet. He's asking what time. What time do we want Sean Farnham? Any, um... You were supposed mm. to have Eric today. You want to bump Eric and do Sean? Wow, that's kind of rude. But we can do that. Eric, well, will be, Eric's very agreeable. Well, stuff the like reason that. the reason I, well, or we can just do both. Then we have, we'll have more love, love, love. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I did that exactly. just for the people yeah, right. who hate the food eating on here. Enjoying some noble funk pizza. It's good pizza, right? It's very good, but. Um, I would suggest, all due respect, I love Eric to death. Do both back-to-back? No, but then we have to do the race because that's sponsored. They give us money for that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So, see if Eric will do tomorrow? Uh, Well, the problem is I think I have Neil. I had to move Neil Knuckles Greenberg to tomorrow, and Dan Bonner is likely going to join us. We'll see. He's got some travels, but, you know, hopefully everything's going smoothly. And he'll join us. So that's why I moved Eric to today, because I thought, yeah, tomorrow is going to be too packed. All right. Then I suggest this. We do... A race tomorrow and Thursday. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. All right. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out, dog. I have one bite of pizza left, folks. Hear hear me out. Hear me out. All right. So we do a V-Stakes at 2. Start the hour with V-Stakes. Get Sean Farnham at 2.20. Keep him for 10, 15 minutes tops. And then get Eric Crawford like around 2.40 to wrap the show. Two issues. What? Are you leaving early? Mm-mm. All right. What are, what are side issues? I wanted to get rid of that pizza. It was annoying me. It was delicious, but it was just distracting me. So now it's gone. Now, I'm not going to be able to update my parlay because they're not giving me any time. Well, you got seven minutes. Well, you got to give people time to get their entries in for the race. You can't just play a race. Damn. All right. Well, pick a team. Pick a game real fast. Update your parlay. I'm not going to do that. It's not nice. We'll wrap the show with it then. No. All right. So what time are we doing, Farnham? Two twenty. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. And so that is what time? West Coast. Two twenty is three hours behind. Eleven twenty. So yeah. Okay. Eleven twenty. Pacific time. Do you know Creighton by the computer has a fifty. 50- 3% chance to win the game outright, and they're two-and-a-half-point underdogs. Maybe do that. Uh-uh. Why did I do that? Because ch- I don't think they're going to win. I think Connecticut's really good, but I don't know. Creighton at home, that could be tough. I don't know. UConn looked really, really good against Marquette. Yeah. They just absolutely sliced and diced them is what they did. That's what they did. They sliced and they diced. There's some really good matchups today, by the way. Really good. San Diego State's 20-6. and six, Utah State's 21-5 and five in the Mountain West. What a good matchup there. Pitt suddenly surging back into NCAA discussion. 17-8. and eight. Wake Forest 16-9. and nine. They're separated by one game in the ACC. One spot, rather. Not one game. Um, um, oh, Bob's bylaws. That's good. San Francisco and St. Mary's out in the West. There's your Santa Claus game. You get that one right. St. Mary's 21-6, and six, San Francisco 21-6. That guy's done some job there. I saw them a couple of years ago. They were not much of a force to be reckoned with. He's done a great job at San Francisco. That's a really good game. So um, that's a tough one there. How do you feel about that? 
I think I'm going to really go out on a limb here. Oh, man. You're just going to indulge me here for one second because I'm not, you know, I won the last two parlays because I actually did a little bit of research on them for changes. <laughs> it is supposed to be spontaneous, but I did took a look a little, took a little time to just look at something. So let me just look at one little bit of data or data, as it were, if you will, such as it were. <laughs> all right, here we go. Um, all right, back that up. Go there. God, there's so many other things I want to get to in the course of the show today. So much stuff going on, really, of interest. Yeah, there's a lot of sound I wanted to play, too. Yeah, that's what you. That's, that's a good thing you're doing radio. Wow. Creighton's actually a 58% chance to win. I said 53. It's 58% chance by the computer. How about that, Mikey? That's one that I find intriguing. The other one that I find intriguing is that St. Mary's game. All right, that's what we're going to do, bud. That's what we're going to do. All right, all right. So we're so going to add St. Mary's on the money line, and um, we're going to – the whole thing could blow up here with Creighton. We'll take Creighton plus two and a half, and then that goes on our, our bet split, our bet sheet as well. Wait, wait this isn't money line maven then. Oh, all right. Well, no, I'm just I kidding. No, I'm I can't kidding. take. I can't, can't take Creighton on the money line. Then they might win, but then, you know. No, the, you, no. I'm just nope, kidding. It might take, be saving no, me. Take it, saving take, me. Take, saving me. Take the spread. Nope. Take take Creighton with the points. I didn't. You said no. I was just kidding. No, I'm not doing that because now now it's got a bad it's got a bad juju's it's got bad oh, juju's all over the place it. thing. I do like Davidson at home. Um, I do like Duquesne at home. I like A and M at home. I like Tennessee on the road. Um, I like – I'm going with my guy at NC State. I'm going with um, Kevin Keats. Kevin Keats. All right. And so I think that's – Villanova's the one – I can't touch that. I just can't touch that. They're only 14 and 11. Not trusting them. Not trusting them. So the bet split right now that would have uh, – would pay uh, – what the hell? Where'd it go? Oh, because I didn't hit parlay. I was like, that can't be right. Oh yeah, nice. Plus two seventy five now. All right, all right. So I'll and buy the that. choices are. Hang on. Yeah, that's Duquesne good. money line. I'll read them from the bottom up here. Uh, I don't know who this person is, but she's going away on my phone. All right, it's uh, St. Mary's money line, Davidson money line, Duquesne money line, Texas A and M money line, Tennessee money line, NC State money line. So we have six games there. If we hit them all, we will be uh, plus two seventy five. That's a nice payout. I like that. I like that. I like those games, too. You know, I, there are bets you make that if you don't win, you say, well, all right, I didn't win. But I, I like the choices, and that's one of them. So uh, there you go. Um, some of us have never had children, never been married, that are older than Bobby B. Well, I don't get what that means. I don't know. Uh, I, yeah, wait. Well, yeah, Did you know what that meant? Is he implying? Was he trying to be funny? Like, I'm, I'm you know, the 12 year old in me? I don't know. Oh, maybe. No, I don't think so. What the hell is he talking about? I don't know. Wait, what am I missing here? Duquesne, NC State, Davidson, Texas A&M. Here we go. And I'll give them to you if you just wait. St. Mary's, Davidson. St. Mary's, that's what I'm forgetting. Duquesne, A&M, Tennessee, NC State. Six-leg parlay, plus 275. I'm digging it. The other one was only... Oh, no, the other one was plus 140. <laughs> it was plus 40? <laughs> plus 140 was the other one. Oh, all right. Well, this yeah. one's plus 229. Well, now we got two parlays working here. Yikes. All right. So there you go. So there's that. All right. Well, we're going to take a, uh, a race. We're going to do a race. We're going to let the horses race. 
Dude, they're, V-Sticks. They're going to they're gonna start here, and then they're going to go around, and the first one to get back wins. That's, that's, that's the, the principle of horse racing. You can't run into the other horses. The jockeys can't hit each other. You have to stay on the track. You can't cut across the infield. Yeah, they frown on that one, the jersey. Trying to find all the rules that you'd have, to, you'd have to come up with here. Um, it's kind of entertaining when they fight, though. i got to be honest. Well, that doesn't happen much. Did you see the fight at the end of the basketball game? Oh, yeah. By the way, I don't want to hear it, so to save your effort. Save your, 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 your breath. Handshake lines should stay in the game, and you have, should have enough control of your team to make sure it doesn't get out of control. They, that, that's one of the reasons you have the damn things. So that no matter how pissed off you are, the official screwed you, the crowd was bad, you, and if the coach can't portray that message to his players, then he's not doing his job. Sorry. I feel really strongly about that. That is, in, in amateur sports, there's no reason. We, well, we got to get rid of that. And you can tell me, well, you know, you keep saying all the time it's like professional sports. Hey, even at the ends of games, watch the NBA guys. They don't form a formal line. But almost inevitably, the players all go and greet somebody on the other team and shake a hand and pat them on the back. And, and uh, the football guys do it because they're so happy that neither of them are paralyzed that they just love to get together and say, well, we're done hitting each other, yay. Um, so please, and don't tell me you can't shake hands and, and, and keep civil. I'm sorry. not buying that. Not buying it. Not buying it, Nick. Okay. I'm not arguing with you. I agree. Keep him in the game. All right. You want to go to Parks and get the lady guy to call the race? The lady guy. The lady guy. Yeah. That's actually. Oh, we go to France. Oh no, let's go. Wee wee. No, there's no. It's it's a trotting race. There's no minutes to race. We got no time. Okay. All right. Uh, You want to hear what it sounds like though? Yeah. Let's hear what it sounds like. Hang on. Okay. Hit that. And then we'll do this here. Gotta hit that. There we go. Okay. Log in. And now let's see. I hope they're running because we want to hear the. Oh, they get ready. Here's the start of the race. Perfect. Perfect timing. Here we go. Play with your friends in the car here. Better better hamburger or something. It's nighttime in France. Under the lights. Yeah. Here they go. Oh, I hope he slaps that way. That would be great. The runner's coming behind the barrier car now. He's not French. He's British. A bunch of crap. They want a French guy, you, 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 London, Liverpool, limey bastard. We want French. Runners coming forward. Then cheerio, douchebag, get off the bike. Number one, adorable Mac. No, we wanted the Italian race guy who spoke called the race in the thickest accent. That guy was awesome. Here they go. Start the race well, better than. Fergie de Bievre, number four on the race. No, car. we're not Didn't listening to you, pal. That's what we fought for. We got our we got our freedom. Yeah. <laughs> to put up with your got race car. From the colonies. <laughs> How you doing? All right, I'm gonna give you give you a choice here, huh? What do you what do you want? You want would you like to go to the four fifth race at Parks in Philly or the fourth race at Mahoning Valley? They only have six horses there. How about we do parks because I have it up already? 
Hey, yo, that's going to look like, put it looks like, you put it looks like, you say you got up, and go, why do you always make that sound like guttural? Because they would lose their minds about the stupidest crap. It was like they just discovered penicillin because somebody used a word that somehow could be associated with a sex organ or the sex act. That drove them out of their mind. And especially if it was me, like, I don't know whether they thought I didn't know. Did they think you were an immaculate conception? What did they think about you and your brother? I mean, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Sorry. Okay, here's the race. (laughs) I feel bad we were chirping that poor British guy. He did nothing wrong. Yeah, he doesn't know us. Uh, Oh, it's a good competitive race, guys. So get on board here. You know how far, far they're going? They're going seven furlongs on the dirt. It's a fast track. Do you know what you're playing for today? Big League Haircuts. Yeah. 5 Tuesdays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. $5 off a haircut ticket of two or more. Yeah, but you get free. If you win here, you get a free haircut. You get a free haircut. Yeah. Two area locations, Taylorsville Road and Bardstown Road. Play hard and look good, courtesy of our friends at Big League Haircuts. Yeah, but on Tuesdays, if you go in, you can give them $5 less than you normally would for yeah, haircut. bring the whole family. And just bring everybody. Just have them all get shorn. Bring, what if you brought a sheep in? Would they do that? I don't know. Probably not. I'm not sure they... They're not probably not licensed. Yeah, they're probably not licensed. That's nah, a shame. And you do not mess with the Shearer's Union. No. Those guys. Here's your, here's your field. Number one is Little Late Luck. Currently 10 to 1, but was only 4 to 1 in the morning line. Number two is Map of Life, 3 to 1. And number three is Tempted to Touch, 8 to 1. Morning line, 6 to 1. Number four is... Bru- <laughs> oh, come on. You got to bit this horse. Number four, Bruno Barber Girl. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nine to one was five to one in the morning line. Uh, number five is Wicked Lady, seven to two. Number six is Augie's Girl, three to one. Number seven is La La Lucy, 25 to one. Long- and by the way, if your horse wins and he's longer than four to one odds, you get two free haircuts. Number eight is Secret Templeton at 14 to one. Number nine is Incomparable at 26 to one. And number 10 is Golden Blossom at eight to one. And here is what the the experts say. The track master says, number three, tempted to touch is his first choice. She she has speed figures, which are among the most favorable in this group, has quite good equibase class figures relative to this contingent. Worth a look. Number six, Augie's Girl, the second choice. Chacon has this entry primed for a sharp starting gate break. Chacon is the trainer of six, Augie's Girl. And number two, Map of Life was the third choice. Recorded a really strong Equibase speed figure last time out for number two, Map of Life. So he doesn't like Bruno Barber Girl, who's now up to 10 to 1. But I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a chance on Bruno Barber Girl. If ever there was an omen, is that it or what? So send us your picks at... Um, How's the number? 267 is uh, how you can uh, send it to us, text us, and just send us a number. It's all we need. We don't need an explanation. We don't need an analysis. We don't need nothing. Just a number. Like, here's, a, here's an entry. It just came in, Nick. You know what they sent us? Num- what did they say? Number one. There you go. That's all That's it says. 437 That's all you got to do. Oh, it's 437-267? Yeah, 437-267. is the call. Yeah. You don't call us. because no. Oh, and you can. We ain't going to answer it. Yeah, 437-968, UPS Jobs text yeah. line. I'm going to do something. Uh Uh-oh, wait, what? To keep us legal. Okay. All right, hopefully that also reset the recording, and now we can have our three get recorded, so... Um, I was doing some behind-the-scenes stuff. Gotcha. Because we went over the top. All right, we can, that's fine. We can disagree. But, but you we, can have your team under control and think handshake lines are a bad idea. I guess you can, but I don't agree. 
I think that that's one of the you know you got how many guys have on the staff now at those places 11 12 14 17 guy sits on the bench and then he's got 30 guys in suits next to him give one of those guys the responsibility hey when we go through the line make sure they don't punch anybody can you do that that's your job just go through and make sure nobody's getting punched in the face that so, goes two ways sorry. don't be talking junk don't be you know don't start none won't be none you know, it's 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 very disappointing. I've coached a lot of games, and yes, the snarky's oh, you lost, I get on well, but uh, one, some two, and the handshake line is. I'm like you though. The problem is, I used to look forward to the handshake line because the other coaches I lo- I you know looked at as my friends. There was always one or two in the league that didn't want to be your friends, and that was part of the deal. And I would wear them down frequently, so that was pretty good. I enjoyed that when they finally had to admit, yeah. That. But the rest of them, like I'd like to say, good luck the rest of the way. You guys played well, you know, whatever. That's, that's nobody died. It's a basketball game. Calm down. Eric Crawford just said he can do whatever's good for us. So would you rather him just join us tomorrow? I'd like him to come over and write me a check for maybe about. I'm not going to hit up Eric for Why money. Why not? He said he'd do whatever helps us. Yeah, but like he's very nice. Eight grand, maybe. How much do we ask him for? <laughs> just going to shake down poor Eric Crawford. Well, he doesn't have to pay us. He just, I'm just holding him to his word. I don't know why the number came to mind. Eight. Eight grand looks good. They're entering the gates. All right. Well, let's listen. Good luck, everybody. And the V-Stakes for today. Number five. Can't tell. They're not entering the gate. You made that up. No, but the gate, it's weird. It's like on the gate. What's on the gate? Cameras on the gate. You know, that's where they start. That's why. So he's got it on the gate because that's where they start from. It's not like track. Like, you know, sometimes in track they'll have one of the runners will be way up ahead of the others because he's on a lane that's further from the inside. Horse racing, they all start at the same place. It's incredible. So that's what they're doing, So if you were wondering. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to start right now, but that's why he's <laughs> locked in. I was wondering if you were going to be able to keep that. Billy Simpleton explaining, Billy, how do they start the horse race? Uh, thank you. They have this. It's it's really it's hard to describe as really a gate. It's not like a gate in your yard. Like the horse doesn't have to open it to get out. It's automatic. And then they play a bell, which startles the crap out of the horse. And then he runs because that's what they train him to do. And then uh, they just go. That's kind of how they start it. They, do they know, know they're racing? The old age old question. That's what Jerry Seinfeld says. They don't. How do they know? You know, but uh, I did Auggie's girl they, and little late luck, the first two to load. Well, first two. We still got eight horses to go. It's just, okay, no, seriously, this is a weird angle because, like, it's the front of the Next gate. up is map of life. As opposed to, you know, the back of the gate, La and La you see the horses going right in. in. Right. So I can't really see who's in and who's not. Two favorites are five and six, to by touch. the way. Secret temptation. It must be overcast as hell, too, because it's dark. Followed by incomparable. Incomparable. Bruno Barber Girl is next. Isn't that how you pronounce that? It's incomparable, not incomparable. Followed by Wicked Lady. Okay, go look at that. Is that an acceptable pronunciation? I zoomed in. Now I can see a little bit. I think it's incomparable. I think I'm going to rip the (laughs) announcer now. And now they're all in. Four three seven nine six eighty UPS jobs text on get those entries in. It's incomparable. Been racing solid start for this field of ten. Hustling to the lead, there goes Secret Temptation on the outside. Golden Blossom has some speed as well. Rushing up the rail to join that top flight. Thank you, pronunciation, Lord, Pete. It's Golden Blossom who's emerging with the lead, settling into second. Is that Secret what we should call that guy? Pronunciation. Yeah, that'll work. Augie's girl on the outside. She's now up to third in between horses. The Great Philly Map of Life, as well as Bruno Barber Girl. Then it's back to Bruno Barber. 
girl. Kappa five or six back to incomparable. La La Lucy tempted to touch. It's tenth and last. The opening quarter, 24 flat. Scramble for the lead on the front end. Secret Temptation has wrestled the lead back, but little late luck up to challenge. Settling into third. There's Golden Blossom now moving up into fourth. Map of Life. Wicked Ladies rushing up the rail to improve her position on the outside. Augie's girl. Then Bruno, where are you? Back to the other gray. Yeah, she's dropping. Followed by La La Stupid. Lucy as they make their way through the far turn. It is Little Late Luck who has the lead. Secret Temptation tracking in second. Wicked Lady continues her ascent. She's in third and gaining on the rail. Then it's Augie's Girl up to fourth. Golden Blossom. Map of Life losing some ground. She's in sixth. Followed by Bruno. Barber Girl incomparable at the back. Incomparable! As they make the way this race is the pissing me off! Wicked Lady who now has the lead and in command. Little Late Luck making another run at her on the outside. Secret Temptation game today. Bruno, Barber Girl and incomparable. They're flying late, but it's Whoa! too late. Wicked Lady. She has a 16th left to go, and Wicked Lady is in command. Wicked Lady, she's going to get the win. Photo for a second between Secret Temptation Dang. and Little Late Luck. We do have a loose horse at the back that is tempted to touch who lost the rider. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Hey, if anybody back there sees a rider. 129 and 4, hold all tickets until race 5. Shouldn't joke, maybe he's hurt. Yeah, hopefully he's okay. Boy, he would, uh, Bruno was, Bruno's girl was flying. Yeah, she, she was making a run. At the end there. Wow. Another furlong, she would have had her. Yeah, but they didn't have another furlong. They didn't. So who won? Wicked Wicked, wicked Lady. Wicked Lady was one of the favorites. If you had number five, Wicked Lady, Alicio Ruiz. Is up and on his feet. The rider. Yay. Okay. Yay, After good. losing his, his mount, mount on yeah. the turn. Mm -hmm. That's why. Yeah, that's scary. You know what? I, I only have, I have one word to say to him. Texting. <laughs> You just, you, you just this race is lit, boy. Oh, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, you can't. You just, you can't do that. He's got to pay attention. You know, he was riding in the 12 path. He was out there all by himself. He almost, horse almost hit the outside rail. People, the spectators were backing up. <laughs> Put the phone down. Oh, no. He's showing, he's showing the other jockeys. Check this out. Check out these puppies. <laughs> Check out these puppies. <laughs> loose horse apprehended by our outrider. Apprehended. apprehended. I don't know if I like that term. Yeah. Oh, they arrested his ass. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it makes he, it is, sound like he will be in horsey jail tonight. You know, yeah, they're going to tell him. Poor guy just I just see the horse rider. sitting in a room and they got that lamp, you know, and they put it on his head. You know what? What do you think you are? You can't just run wherever you want to. And don't talk to me about throwing Jose off the back there. You knew exactly what you were doing. I didn't swear I didn't know anything. He was texting. Don't tell us that. You deliberately threw him off just as you got to the top of the stretch. He's getting heavy. Did the you other, see what he had for lunch, that fat pig? The other cop goes, holy crap, a talking horse. We got a story here. <laughs> they all look at him like, you didn't know? We do this after every race. How do you think we file the, the objections? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the horse just, <laughs> I don't know what they would even say. I don't know what the terms are, like, in horse racing. Like, that's a travel. Like, I don't know what you would... What the official... Well, yeah, like, what are the official terms, like, for something illegal in, in, in horse, horse racing? racing? I know, obstruction, I just interference, obstruction. I obstructed, he interfered. He, um, those are the only two terms I know. Yeah. He beat me in the head with his whip. Uh, <laughs> Louis, send us good terms. So, yeah. Louis in uh, uh, somewhere... South of the border. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, he's on vacay. He's in Acapulco or Curacao or somewhere. Yeah, and uh, Zachy C is filling in. So, 
Texas says, shh, we don't talk about Bruno. Hey, well, that's, that's, you know, the song. We don't talk about Bruno from the, the musical Luca. I don't know the, that song. Uh, yeah, it was really popular. I, I still haven't the seen it. The musical Luca? Or it's a, I think it's Luca. I think that's where it's from. It's a Disney Pixar movie. Really? Yeah. We don't talk God, about Bruno. I get mad when I don't know stuff like that. I don't mind not knowing, like, who's the backup tackle for, you know, Kentucky or something. But I really, when I don't know those things. We don't know about Bruno. Disney musical, musical song done by, from the movie Encanto. Oh, it's, that's right. Which I didn't see. It's not Luca. It's Encanto. My bad. So. understand what he saw. And you better figure it out because it was coming for you. We don't talk about Bruno, no, no, Nice, nice reference, listener. You know what's unbelievable? There's documentaries on it. Seriously, the Disney music, mm-hmm. fascinating. Is Encanto Disney? I think it's in, I think it's Disney. It might be DreamWorks. Yes, Disney Music Vivo. It says V E V O. But I mean, it's it's just the number of it goes all the way back to the 50s. I think maybe the 40s. Disney, you know who he was, Walt Disney. I mean, and he would. Get the best of everything. I mean, his animators, if you ever see the animation for Disney, they move much more fluidly than like, as much as I love the Looney Tunes cartoons. I mean, they use, again, if you're an animator, you're probably listening and screaming at the radio. But, you know, let's just say it took, it, it takes, I'm making numbers up, 20 cells to make the character move his right arm. Disney would use 40 cells. Just to make him smooth. So it go much more, looks much more. You can do much more subtle things with that. You can change eyebrows and things like right. that. So, and, and so the people that were the animators loved it because Walt was an animator himself. And, so, and then when he started to, to, to hire the best composers, the other composers, it wasn't like he would go to somebody and say, well, I'm going to work for your Mickey Mouse organization, no pun intended. They, they, he, and so he got um, – he got great composers. And if you look at the list, my God, how many songs they've had. Oh, yeah. Million sellers, gold records. and uh, yeah, platinum and stuff. It's yeah. unbelievable. And then, of course, then you have the people who want to sing it. So, Texter says, incomparable can be pronounced however you want if it's a name. Ah, it's a good point. But that's assuming that the horse wants his name mispronounced. And I don't know that he does. I think that's why he didn't run well. He was pissed off every time he's taking a stride and he's hearing in the background, incomparable, and he's going, incomparable, you, you know, and just. And he's they, like, I don't want to hear my name called anymore. They, they, they're trying to me. calm him I'm down. Up. The I'm, other pulling horse. Up. <laughs> I'm pulling up. Screw this. I guess if I get to the finish, then I'm going to have to take a picture and she's going to announce it wrong again. Can't stand that witch. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I don't think that's, uh, that's going to be a good thing. I love puppies, Texter says. Okay. Puppies are great. Whether they're puppies or puppies. Well, because um, breasts. No, That's I was I mean. actually going to try and say something serious, but I'm afraid I don't know enough about it to elaborate on it. They do it. They did a study. People who study these kinds of things. Puppies. Yes, there are certain things. Babies, puppies. There's a couple of others that I don't know. It, it actually physiologically does something to you. Really? Yes, they did study people who study things like that. You know, they study the whatever, like, you know, certain things make a, an, an adrenaline surge if you see it. Um they, they this brings whatever the happy um it's not a pheromone, I don't think, but the the happy 
what's the what is the serotonin? No, it's the happy whatever. <laughs> it gets endorphins. Yes, thank you. It creates the endorphins, and that and so it's not just the, oh, aren't they adorable? It really literally bring a, a physiological change to you, which is one of the reasons they're so popular. Yeah. And I, I got to admit, I didn't grow up a dog person. Anybody who's listening to the show knows that. But I am all in now, and, and I'm the same way. I mean, I just – they crack me up. They make me laugh out loud. They're and, so cute. And, and then the guys that make the videos. Have you seen the one where she comes up to him and she says – the guy who does the voices, mm. you know, makes the dogs talk. And he's laying on his belly, and she goes, hi, my good boy. And his tail's going crazy. He goes, are you my good boy? Yeah, I'm your good boy. I'm right here. Look at you. So happy. Oh, I'm very happy. His tail's going wild, man. You want to go for a walk? Dead stops. Tail stops. Most dogs want to go for a walk. She says, what? You want to go for a walk? No. So he <laughs> says, she says, well, you're my good boy. And his tail starts going again, and you're my good boy. And then it ends again, and she says, you want to go for a walk? No. <laughs> it's just funny. I mean, most dogs lose their I was mind. If you say, say you walk. say walkies, like this yeah. Guy. This Mika guy. loses her mind. All right. Um, uh, I should call Sean Farnham. What do you want to call him? Hey, how you doing? Um, Good dad joke. No, what is Charo? She's alive and does appearances. She would probably do your show. Do you know Charo? She was known in the 70s and 60s even as the Coochie Coochie Girl. Oh, yeah. That was her. She's got to be like 80-something now. That'd be cool. Well, no disrespect as long as she doesn't come on and pull a, you know, hopefully she's still in control of her faculties and everything because if she comes on and we have another Brian Wilson situation, that's not going to be good for anybody. Just answers Coochie Coochie no matter what the <laughs> question is. Do you like sports? Coochie Coochie. Oh, God. It's true you were married to one of the great band leaders of all time, weren't you, Xavier Cougat? Ah, Coochie Coochie. All right, let's go to commercial. All right, uh, we're going to have uh, Sean, Sean Farnham. Farnham. Is he doing the Kentucky game? Do you know? You don't know anything. He just asked to come on because he wants to hawk his new uh, – his new adhesive tape, right? I think that's why he's coming on. Um, I can tell you this, though, by golly. we got You want play-by-play? I got your play-by-play right here is your play-by-play. Texas A&M takes on Arkansas tonight, 6.45 p.m. on 680-1057. Tomorrow, UofL basketball versus Notre Dame at 5.30. Paul Rogers and I will have the play-by-play call on that one. Thursday, Louisville – I might have trouble saying that. Louisville women's basketball back in action in Atlanta at Georgia Tech, 5.30 p.m. on the Ville. And then Bellarmine takes on Central Arkansas at 6.15 right here on 680-1057. Saturday, oh, we got games coming out your brains here. Why am I not on again? Dang it. Hey, why are you not playing my games? <laughs> Get management on the phone. I got Arizona and Washington Saturday, and that's two Saturdays in a row I'm getting bumped, and I don't like it. Hey, Diener, I know you're listening. What's up with that? Flex your vice president muscles. Start rolling heads here. I'm not even going to read the rest of the lineup now. I'm so pissed off. That's a, that's a, that's a mature tactic. Yes, very is. Now i got to get myself back under control for Sean Farnham. Yeah, he's on, he's on the line. <laughs> like, what the hell did I just sign up for? And here he is, Sean Farnham. Hi, Sean. Long time no see. How you been? When I heard you say get management on the phone, I was like, somebody has really not told Bob the truth. I am not management, and <laughs> have I ever 
<laughs> oh, I think you could crack some heads here if we needed you to. You know that? I'm, I'm like, you're going to be vastly disappointed that it's me on the other line. No, I don't think so. Go, I think hey, I think we got you instead. I think we can get you in here and you, you'll start cracking heads, taking names, and this place will shape up in no time, man. That's what I'm looking for. Um, anyway, where we were trying to figure out where are you this weekend? Where are you headed? Well, right now I'm in uh, the Bay Area. I've got uh, USF and St. Mary's tonight. Nice. Oh, that's a good game. I wouldn't mind asking you about that in a moment. Yes, we can get into that. Uh, I leave from here tomorrow morning at 545 uh, as I was appointed on January 1st for a two-year cycle to be on the board of directors for the American Cancer Society. So we have a board meeting in Philadelphia this week. Congratulations. Best of luck with that. Yeah, thank you. And then I will fly from there. Uh, to Los Angeles for USC UCLA this week. Oh man, you are truly bi-coastal, my friend. My goodness, I am. Well, that's that good. time of year. Yeah, that time of year. No, and it's fun. I mean, there's so many good games, including. I mean, I was just saying, looking at the schedule tonight, there's a bunch of good games. But you've got one that is uh, interesting on a lot of levels. They're two good teams. I mean, St. Mary's is 21 and six. San Francisco's 21 and six, but not ranked. But that guy's done a hell of a job there, hasn't he? I mean, when he came in, they were not really a force to be reckoned with, and they're they're playing at a high level. If they win this game on the road, I would think they'll be ranked next week. And of course, um, you know, Randy Bennett's been you know, just cranking it out at St. Mary's since like the French and Indian war. I mean, he's just terrific. So, uh, these are two good teams. What, what, what kind of game are you looking for? Uh, I think it's going to be a really close game. Uh, I really do. I, Josh, Joshua Jefferson missed the, uh, game against Portland, uh, got injured in the game against Portland missed the game against Pepperdine on Saturday. Uh, I'll find out his availability later on tonight, but he's been a starter, uh, an important player for St. Mary's. If he's not able to go, um, that could be problematic for the Gales. But you, you talk about significance in this game. First of all, there hasn't been an undefeated team in conference play not named Gonzaga since Pepperdine did it when Doug Christie wow. was on campus Yikes. back in 1992. And that's kind of where the Gales are trending right now because if they get past San Francisco, the next two games very winnable before they host Gonzaga to close out the regular season on their home floor. Of course, they already beat Gonzaga up in Spokane. Uh, on the flip side of it for USF, it's, it's multi-tiered. Because if they beat St. Mary's, they will essentially have done something that Gonzaga hasn't done. And while their record would be tied, uh, they would kind of be a game up on the Zags for the two seed, hosting Gonzaga a week from Thursday in the Chase Center. They're not playing that game on campus. They're playing in the Chase Center where the Warriors play. Um, And if they win that game, obviously, they would secure the two seed going into the WCC tournament, which means the unthinkable could happen which would be Gonzaga would have to play on Saturday instead of getting the double bye all the way through to Monday. Um, and that would be obviously very significant for Gonzaga because their tournament hopes at that point in time, should they slip up against anybody not named St. Mary's, that would basically put them on the outside looking in and having to win in Las Vegas, which is a position Mark Few's team hasn't been in in 24 years. I, I do want to get into, you know, I'm not telling you something you don't know. You travel all over the country and do games. The the, the West Coast teams are not uppermost in people's minds in this part of the country, and that's just unfortunate. And so, uh, you know, you, you, you learn about some parts of them when it's kind of <laughs> thrust on you. Like, for example, Todd Golden, who was there and then went to Florida, and he's doing a nice job at Florida. He was, a, you know, he did, uh, he was uh, a former player at, uh, at uh, St. Mary's, was the assistant at San Francisco, and then he 
he had a, when I, a good run there, and, and as part of his staff, um, you know, they they uh, they just they put good con- continuity in place. Up, yeah. So I mean, yeah, continuity is important. I uh, mean, I think today more than ever, it, it, continuity is is something that gets overlooked, and and the quality and the buildup of San Francisco has has been multi-tiered because you look at Todd Golden and the fact of what he's got Florida doing this year, which I think is again really solid job mm-hmm. uh, at Florida. Then you look at Kyle Smith, who was the coach before him, and the job he's doing at Washington State. That's true. The Washington State Cougars are going to be an NCAA tournament team. And Miles Rice, one of the great stories of all of college basketball. And a lot of your fans that listen to your show are going to be like, who? And I'm just going to tell you, a year ago, this young man was in chemotherapy. Yeah, that's a great story. And now he's going to be the freshman of the year in the Pac-12. Could be a potential player of the year candidate. And he's got his team one game back of Arizona, who's a one seed. And they're going to make the NCAA tournament. And it's a story that we should be telling because of the perseverance, the toughness, and the overall uh, just excellence in which he has played with all season long should be vastly celebrated nationally, not just on the West Coast. A thousand percent agreed. What a great story. He's actually technically a third-year freshman because of, uh, you know, what's transpired. And, uh, I mean, to undergo the the, the cancer treatment that that he had to endure and then come back and play at not only just play, forget just play, period, (laughs) but then to play at such a high level is is extraordinary. And, uh, uh, you know, San Francisco, of course, has had – unbelievable history if you go way back 70 years you know to the bill russell era and and uh, casey jones and but they kind of went in some hard times but of late now as you mentioned they've got a string of some really good teams and what they they got one ncaa bid i think in like the last they they got in once i think right didn't they if yeah, I, I todd, right golden, told, todd golden got there and there uh with jamari bouye uh and khalil shabazz their two guards uh and got them in um three years ago where where is this game? By the way, is it at St. Mary's or at San Francisco? It's at St. Mary's. Yeah, uh, it's at St. Mary's. I, you know, I don't get I don't get to do a lot of games out there, but I, I've done a handful, and uh, I, I do. Again, I'm not trying to suck up to you or anybody, but it's a shame that the people don't know because those are some doing a game at Gonzaga or doing a game at St. Mary's. They're really cool places to to, to do games. I mean, they have rich histories, and the people know the, the the game and they appreciate their team. And I just I was like, you know. Um, maybe it was just because it was different, but I was just so impressed by the whole um, experience of the thing. And what do you think happened? Well, th- I, I th- Go ahead. I think that's where Stu Jackson kind of comes into alignment here. Uh, the new commissioner of the WCC, of course, his ties uh, to the Big East, uh, obviously to the NBA as well. Um, but Stu Jackson taking over as the commissioner of the conference uh, a year ago this time. And I think his vision is very clear that he wants to make like you, in this day and age where football rules, right? And, and changes are being made and conference realignments being made for football. Here is a non-football conference that is surviving, uh, thriving. When you have two programs like Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and obviously Gonzaga has been rumored to be on the move, but has not gotten an invitation yet. Uh, but Stu Jackson's vision is to kind of make this the Big East of the West. And and you look and you and people will laugh and scoff at that, but when you go back and you look at the tradition of like programs like USF, there is a pathway to cut through here, not to the level in which we see at the Big East, not with the UConns and the Marquettes and the Creightons and and all, and all the programs we see year in and year out, Villanova, what they've done under Jay Wright. I'm not comparing them directly to each other, but having a conference that is uniquely headlined by basketball. 
I think will be fun to watch as mm. it moves forward because conference expansion is something he has openly discussed. Mm. He is actively progressing to try to get to. There are nine teams. He'd like them to be at 12. I think one of the most uh, obvious fits would be, you talk about great environments, what Bryce Drew has been able to build yeah. at Grand Canyon. You throw that in the mix with Gonzaga. You throw that in the mix with St. Mary's. Whoa, you got three of the better basketball environments anywhere. Um, and, and, yeah, it's small small venues, and they're not as big as some of the other venues. But as far as loud and passion goes, they're dialed in. And I, I think Grand Canyon would be a great addition into the WCC. I agree. And then then you're – then you have to sit there and go, okay, well, that gets you to 10. Who are the other two teams that you're looking at, and where do you go to find them? Could they, could they go outside of like the, the, the religious aspect of the conference and, and, and try to go grab a Wichita State? Mm. Now, you bring, now you bring Wichita State in, and you got Wichita State, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, Grand Canyon. You're starting to get something that goes over multiple time zones that also has relevancy in the world of basketball in recent years, too. Now, Wichita State dipped a little bit, but maybe that would help them come back up a little bit. Yeah. And plus, it's good because you got to have a place for the atheists to go. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You know, we lost, they lost BYU. That, and, and you know what? And, and the fact that conference has done as well as it has without BYU, who moved obviously to the Big 12 this year, I think that that's good. There you go. Uh, Sean Farnham's with us here. I, you, you, you already stole my next question, but I'll get you to elaborate on it. What do you think happens out there? I mean, in terms of the whole landscape, I know that that the 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 um, the football teams that are left, Washington State and Oregon State, are going to play in the Mountain West, right? Is that where they're going to play in football? Is that where they're headed? They're going to play a majority of their games in the Mountain West, but remain autonomous from the Mountain West. Okay, so so what are they? But I mean. All the other sports are going to be independent. What are they going to do with all no, the other sports? The other sports, the other sports for the next two years will be in the WCC. Okay, so that works out well, I think. Right? Don't you or not? Yeah, short term fix. It's a band aid, uh, but but it allows uh, it's a lifeline to those two programs. And you know, from a WCC perspective, if you know Oregon State or Washington State makes the NCAA tournament or helps secure an additional bid into the NCAA tournament, they get the share. Um, which is an important aspect for the WCC for the overall funding of all of the athletic departments yeah. uh, across the conference. So it would be significant. Um, so I, I do think it's a Band-Aid. And obviously we the PAC-2 just got a brand-new commissioner yesterday, um, and we'll see what the two-pack does next moving <laughs> forward. But I do think that you're going to see a rebirth of the PAC-12 conference. How and what it looks like I think will largely be dependent upon what the landscape of college athletics looks like two years from now. Like, if we look back two years ago, we wouldn't say it would be where it is now. And I don't think two years down the road we're going to look back and say, gosh, we didn't see that coming too. But I think the instability of the ACC um, and the fact that you have Florida State actively trying to find any loophole it possibly can uh, to get out of the conference. And I think if it it finds it and they find a home – I think there could be an exodus of other teams, which therefore means that like programs like Stanford and Cal may sit there and go, well, we signed up for the ACC. This isn't the ACC anymore. Yeah. We're going to go back out west. And, and I think that that could happen. It's almost at this point in time, Bob, I'm rooting for a complete collapse of the college athletic system so that we can start over again with something that is more um, – more, more, uh, palatable to where we are at now and where the money and the revenue is meaning 
uh, this this idea that Chip Kelly's talked about that all of us have talked about, by the way, for the last three years. Chip Kelly just got the the credit for it uh, as as he went on a radio show on Pat Maxby and talked about it. But like lifting football out of the equation, not just football. And, I, I think all, they should be sports specific conferences. I mean that I do too. Just go with you I know think the West Coast. I think the West Coast should have UCLA, USC, Arizona, Arizona State, Gonzaga, St. Mary, San Diego State, like and formulate the best conferences and have a Premier League relegation. Ooh, wow. Like if you finish at the bottom, you go down and by the way, if you're if you know, if if you're not in it and you're like a Colorado let's say Colorado State isn't put into it. Right. But they're winning at that next tier and they win the championship, then they get to come up and play that next wow. year. That would be really you thinking know? outside the box. That's big. But, but let me ask you this. How significant would all, you know, we always talk about cut through games. How significant would games be in February? If you're on the relegation line, we spent so much time talking about Joe Lenardi in the bubble. Okay. What if we're talking about you being relegated and dropping out of the top tier of college basketball and going to the second tier of college basketball? Or, and, and conversely, though some of those lower conference games or lower teams that weren't included in, they have to win this game. And if they win this one game, they get moved up next year yeah. and get a better revenue share. No, I no. Wow. I mean, have you ever seen? I'm sure you have because you're well versed in other sports. If you've ever watched the last weekend in the in the soccer football league in England, and there's that match going on, and a team plays, and they got a chance to win their way back up to the Premiership, it is like winning the national championship. They go crazy. I mean, and so you're right. Why not have something that these teams could play for rather than you know that's what they used to say about conference tournaments, Sean. You know that. Well, you know you got to stay focused because there's still the chance at the end. But come on. We're, Who's, who's kidding who here? I mean, these teams like Louisville knows they're not winning the ACC tournament. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So, uh, But that, if you were playing to earn your way up, if you were in a league or you were down a little bit, that's um, that would be exciting. It would give the teams that are not at the very, very top some real, real um, uh, motivation and something really tangible to play for. So I, I kind of like that. Yeah. And, and, and I think, again, you'd look at that and you'd say, well, the revenue share – of like that top brand, that top that top conference is going to be greater than the lower conference. So you might have some instability in your your funding for your athletic department, but that's going to be based on success. And shouldn't we be rewarding success than just rewarding teams? Yeah, yeah. To FSU's argument with the ACC, um, we should be rewarding teams that are competing at the highest level, that want to win at the highest level, yeah. that are advancing in NCAA tournaments, that are winning college cups in women's soccer and men's soccer yeah. and you know, whatever other sport you want, baseball, World College World Series, softball, World Series, and, and like, you know, each sport have that own that own window so that women's basketball looks different than men's basketball, but yet we are celebrating being elite yeah. and, and a commitment of excellence in all these athletic departments. John, let, let me ask you just a personal question. You you played, obviously, at UCLA and, and obviously a very, very different time for the, the pack, whatever, 10, 12, 8, and all the history of it. Yeah. Just how personally do you feel about how they got where they are? Are you angry? Do you think somebody's to blame? Was it inevitable? What, what do you see? And just again, speaking no, just it, for yourself. Mismanagement, complete mismanagement. Um, you know, it starts with Larry Scott and his inability to, you know, like there was a time, by the way, I just want to remind people, there was a time that Oklahoma and Texas were rumored to come to the Pac-12. Yep. And Larry Scott said no to keep conference integrity in place. Yikes. And Greg Sankey said yes. And then at that point in time, 
there was the thought process of, okay, well, now the Big 12 is very vulnerable. The Pac-12 could go get a Baylor, a Texas Tech, uh, maybe a Kansas, you know, maybe an Oklahoma State if they want it. Like, what is the Pac-12 going to do? And then instead, we enter in this alliance, and I use air quotes that you can't see. How'd that work out? Yeah. Not great. Right. (laughs) You know, and, and then on top of that, and again, I blame Larry Scott from 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 that perspective, not taking OU Texas. Then also, I look at the fact that the the conference channel was was announced, the Pac-12 Network. There was multiple people that wanted to partner with it, ESPN being one of them. Mm-hmm. They turned it down and they said, "No, we don't need you. We're going to do this on our own." Mm-hmm. They never got any teeth or any legs in that that channel. They had zero distribution, basically. Yeah, making barely any money, if any money at all, off of their network. And even with multiple outreaches by other networks and entities, they never were able to solidify that and turn it into a profitable thing while placing their headquarters in the Embarcadero District of San Francisco with one of the highest leases in the history of conference offices in all of college athletics. Yeah, I just I, mean, I didn't know that. I just read it. Million dollars. I read they pay way more in their headquarter rent than any of the other power conferences, which is really a strange right. decision of, of any and, place. And, and making less. Yeah. By, than everybody else. That's, that's... All right? And so you take all of that, and then you take in the aspect of down the stretch, you get a $300 million offer from ESPN, and a professor at Utah says, no, 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 they're undercutting us by $20 million a year. We're, we're valued at $50 million a year. <laughs> and this is post-USC and UCLA leaving. Wow. And I'm like, don't take that guy's economics class because he's lying. <laughs> You know, and make me make make me really wonder. I'd love to know that professor, and and I'd love to be like, what were you thinking? What were you looking at that you thought that that was? And when they said that, the presidents jumped on board and said, well, we're not going to get screwed in a bad media deal. And they said no. And the second they said no, George Klyovkov had nothing else but the streaming option. That's it. Because once you say no to that, and the university presidents say no to that. There's no other option for George Klyovkov to go to at that point in time. Yeah, that's that's and, a, and you, then the whole thing falls apart. That's the UB Brown advice. You don't say, don't say you're going to walk unless you got some place to walk to, and they didn't have yeah. any place to walk to, obviously. So it's uh, it, and it's it, sad because you know what it, it, it has devalued college athletics in the West Region of the United States. Oh, I, I would think it has. I mean, there's no question. And you I see, also more kids heading east than ever, and I'm talking about in every sport in the country. Really? Like football, basketball. Look, Caleb Foster, where do you play high school basketball? Notre Dame High School, Sherman Oaks, California. Uh, Jared McCain, where do you play high school basketball? Corona Centennial, Inland Empire, Southern California. Yeah. Where are they at? Duke. Duke's whole recruiting class for women's soccer that's coming in not this year, but the following year. It's coming they Cal- have four Cal- players that are playing in Southern California wow. right now. Wow. They walked away from UCLA, walked away from Stanford. Great programs in women's college soccer. And they're like, yep, we're going to Duke. Well, I remember, you know, you might know, I'm sure you do, because you're a proud alum. My brother Jim was close to taking the job at UCLA, and when we were talking to him about it, that's one of the things he said. I said, what, you know, you're a pretty good place at NC State. He said, you've got to understand, if you can just get kids from California to stay home, you'll be great every year. He said, the talent base is unbelievable. And if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, the amount, the population as big as it is, and is, is, is you know, basketball's still a city game. There's, there's great players in cities, and then they've got very strong private schools 
schools that have had teams that have been good for years. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. But but kids are the way they are. And if they're seeing every bit of emphasis in college sports be going east, they're going to go east. You're right. They're not stupid. So um, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of a shame in a way. Um, we got a game that I want to ask you about. Because I am, I'm very much on the Nate Oates bandwagon. I, I have a serious man crush on Nate Oates. I think he's spectacularly good. I think the way he plays is great. He's great with the media. He's great with his team. He's great with the fans. And they play a Kentucky team that you know had struggled a little bit. They came back with a good win last time. And uh, now that I'm all over the Nate Oates bandwagon, I just saw them dismantle uh, Texas A&M. Uh, now they'll probably get beat by Kentucky like 100 to 10, as I said earlier in the show. <laughs> but let's <laughs> put the curse, the kiss of death on the Maloki as a tie-in. Americans say, but what do you make of that matchup and and of, of uh, both those teams? Where are they in your as you see them in the big picture? Well, I think first and foremost, they can't look past Florida. Uh, they got Florida tomorrow night. Uh, this is a very difficult stretch for Alabama. They got three out of the next four are ranked opponents inside the SEC: Florida at Kentucky. Uh, they play at Ole Miss, which is not a walkover by any stretch of imagination. And then you've got Tennessee at home. Yikes! So the, it, this. This stretch of games is going to determine where they're going to be in a couple of weeks. While they sit on top of the conference now, they may not be there uh, in another week. And, look, I I think this is a very good team. I saw them earlier this year against Arizona uh, on a neutral floor, even though it wasn't really neutral because it was in Phoenix. Um, But I I love the way that they played, and I love the pieces that he continues to go out and get to fill voids and make things better. I think Mark Sears is playing as well as anybody in the country at the guard position. Uh, I think his ability to knock down shots on a consistent basis. I mean, he's in rarefied air. If he can get to the free throw line a little bit more and and hit him, he could be a 50, 45, and 90. The last player to do that in, in a Power 5 conference uh, was Cassius Winston when he was at uh, Michigan State. But it's not just the 50-40. It's the 50-45-90. He's mm. at 86% right now at the free throw line. Mm. And he's above both those marks in the other two areas. Um, they stretch you from the outside. But one of the things I think that we often forget about with this team is just how hard they defend, like the effort that they give. They may make mistakes, and there may be nights in which they don't defend up to par, but they get after you. They make you feel them at the defensive end of the floor. And Nate Oates is not afraid to travel. He's not afraid to play good teams. He's not afraid to compete. Uh, and subsequently, uh, they have had some really good wins this year, and they have been in almost every single game that they've played. It's very rarely do you watch an 8 team and go, oh, well, they're out of this one. Right. I think that Auburn game most recently was one that you kind of looked at and was like, gosh, I thought they would have been a little bit closer in this one. Um, but outside of that, I mean, they just get after you and they compete. I think this is a team that's good enough to get to an Elite Eight. Uh, in March, I'm not sure if it's good enough to get to a Final Four. How about the Cats, though? What about them? Well, they got to defend, and that's been their Achilles heel uh, all season long is when they defend. Like, offensively, I don't worry about them, right? They, like this, this group has actually been shown to be very unselfish. They share the basketball extremely well. Yes, uh, They've got shooters on the outside. Uh, Dillingham can really get going. There's other times, where obviously, he struggles. Um, the loss to Gonzaga was a big concern. The win against Auburn erases some of those concerns. Um, but I, 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 here's, they have difficulty – defending on a consistent basis and you know the Gonzaga game in particular concerned me because Jay Wright and I were talking before he called that game because I call a gazillion Gonzaga games and we were just talking about the Zags and personnel and whatnot and we were talking about oh well Graham E.K. is going to set an on-ball screen in the center for Ryan Nemhart and he's rolling to the rim 
I say that that's a play that when things get bogged down offensively, they, they go to that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. They ran that pretty much the entire second half, and Kentucky couldn't figure out. Yeah, how to that was that was bizarre to watch. That I got to admit, I was like, I mean, do some, play zone for God, do something. <laughs> don't just like, don't I mean, just let them keep running it. Continue to dunk like they're going to go to it. Like yeah. what what are you doing? Yeah, and 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 like that's not that's not on John by the way or Coach Cal. You know, like that you, you're telling me that in timeouts he wasn't got guys. We need to do this. Yeah, it's a player's game, and sometimes we talk so much about the coaches. The, the players have to go out and execute, and that's an instance where they're running a play 15 times. I'm pretty sure Coach Cal was telling from the sideline, "Hey, we got to pitch. We got to get there. We got to tagging, recover." Like, and they didn't do it. And they've been beaten with teams that have speed off the bounce quite a bit, and I think that. Alabama's ability to apply pressure off the bounce. You go back to the UNC-Wilmington game when Kentucky lost to them. It was a lot of dribble penetration. We go back to the South Carolina game in which they lost. It was a lot of dribble penetration, straight line drives. You know, the Florida game, same thing. Those guards got going in that game. The Texas A&M game, those guards got going. What's the strength of Alabama's team? They're guards. So Kentucky's got to worry mainly in the next couple weeks what I want to see to make me believe that Kentucky can win a national championship or advance even past the Sweet 16 is can they and are they willing to defend for 40 minutes? If they do, the offense is fine. It's the defensive part that's, that's, that's problematic. Do you see, before I let you go, I mean, I, lo- I love the NBA. The NBA All-Star Game was a complete travesty. It was awful. And Adam Silver sees it and recognizes it and, and talks about how players aren't, for lack of a better word, being taught how to play. I mean, they're just not, and especially on the defensive. And then I go around the country, and I'm stunned at the way teams are playing defense now, Sean. I don't know how you feel, but it's just it's unbelievable to me. I mean, and, and I don't think it's some of the, a lack of trying. I don't think they know how to. They really don't. I, I don't think they've ever been held accountable for their defense. And I don't know if coaches, this is, now this is speculation on my part. I think some of it is the coaches don't want to make them that accountable because in the old days you threatened a guy, you know, you're a guard or you don't play. The kid says, oh, yeah, well, you sent me, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving at halftime. I mean, so NRA in the in the youth structure, which has also been discussed quite a bit this year, uh, in, the, in the last couple of weeks too, about the youth system of the United States. Yep, um, where we we emphasize games and right. tournaments and showcases essentially more than we emphasize Teaching. understanding and practice, yep. which is the European model. Um, so w- when I run when I ran my club and I had a, had a like a mom and pop club system because I broke away because I hated the big conglomerate clubs that to charge $7,000 right. for kids to play basketball. I just think that's crazy. I agree. So myself and, and another coach uh, who now is the head coach of Cal Lou and, and won their division this year, but also was the high school coach of Brandon Williams, uh, London Perez, DeAnthony Melton uh, at Crestview High School in Southern California. He and I got together and we're like, how cheap can we do this? We said, okay, $500 per kid. That pays, basically one kid pays for one entry into a tournament. And we focus on development. We focus on teaching them how to play the right way because at the time they were middle schoolers. We want to teach them how to be competent high school players and be able to come in and impact their high school teams as freshmen. And then as we grow along, we keep growing. And our emphasis was on defense. And I lost some pretty good players because I wanted them to defend. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to. Yep. Uh, one one player left me in particular and said he was going to go and because I wasn't getting featuring him on offense enough. And then he came crawling back his junior year of high school, and he came and played for me. And I said, the only way you're going to come back and play is if you're going to defend. And, Dad, I don't want to hear anything from you. And you, if you don't compl- defend, you're on the bench. You want to be a Division One player, you're averaging 24 points a game in high school. How come you have no offers? 
<laughs> because you do nothing else but score. Good point. You know, and, and you've been allowed to do this. And by the way, my team, over the course of the five or six years that we coach, and it's not because I'm some savant, but I got them to play team defense, talk and communicate through screens, understand help side position, understand how we were attacking. We won in the last two years, we were 44 and six and beat a new number of EYBL teams with this independent team in Southern California. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, it's still a team it, game. It comes down to coaching. Yeah. It comes down to coaching and it comes down to doing it the right. Kids will develop and grow if we communicate our message clearly, demand it of them. But the problem that I see too frequently, and you go through Paul Biancardi's top 40, top 100 list from last year. Tell me how many of those kids are impacting winning right now at the college level. Yeah. Winning. I'm not saying playing and scoring. Right. I'm talking about winning. And there's not many. No, you're absolutely there's not right. Many. You're absolutely right. It's uh... And it's not because they're not talented. No, they no. Are. no and I, oh, I agree. See, that's the thing. I look at them and I say, my God, these kids, you know, they've all got their own personal coaches and their bodies. They're, they're in unbelievable shape and they're out there and you watch them and their mechanics, they're shooting. And yeah, they are. They are. You know, it reminds me of there used to be a saying about somebody who knows the price of everything and the value of nothing. That's kind of what it reminds me yeah. of. They, that's kind of they are. They know they got great form. They got a personal nutritionist. They got, but they don't understand how to win, and they don't understand the importance of doing the things you're talking about. And I don't know. I guess we'll get back to it. I mean, things go in cycles. We'll see. But uh, it's it's I'm astounded. Yeah, I mean, look, like you look across the board, and there are. And I would encourage anybody go to the list and go to the ESPN 100 from last year. Look at 2023. Start scrolling. Tell me, tell me how many of the kids are making winning plays and are out there helping their teams be victorious. There are so many that you go through that are just non-factors. They might be playing, but they're not even scoring. Like they're not even, they're not even contributing at the level that goes, okay, they're helping even for a five minute period of time. And so much of that is they're lost at the defensive end of the floor. They haven't been committed to a weight room before because their, their, their high school coach doesn't ask them to, because if he does, they might transfer and go somewhere else. The club coaches aren't saying anything. Their whole entire identity is wrapped up with what they do when the ball is in their hand. Oh, yeah. And I always go back to Billy Donovan when he was at Florida, and he asked one of his players, hey, how often do you think you have the ball in your hand when you're out on the floor? And he was like, I don't know, like 75%? He's like, no, 5%. <laughs> exactly. Five. Like, what are you talking about? You only have the ball 5% of the time you're on the floor. So then I'm going to ask you, what are you doing the other 95% that you're out on the floor? Because right now it's nothing. Yeah, that's... And kids don't understand that. If you, you want to get paid, by the way, and get to the league, most guys that get to the league are what? They're role players. True. You want to play in the NBA? Can you defend your position? Are you an elite defensive player? That's the easiest way to get to the NBA. Do you rebound? That's the easiest way to get to the NBA. Scoring is secondary with so many of these players run. when you get to that next level because they don't need you to score. Nope. Run, rebound, and defend. You do that, you'll always have a job. That's what it comes down to, basically. So you're absolutely but right. convincing parents of that? No, good luck in with a, that. In, in, when we have social media and they do have their individual skill coaches that are like, dude, you're going to be – I had one kid come up to me that, I was on my, that, was left, that left my team. And I told him, I said, hey, you're not going to probably be the starting point guard anymore because you're turning the ball over about seven times per game, Yikes. and it's killing us. Right. You know? And the dad goes, well, I don't know what you're talking about. His skill coach tells me that he thinks he's the next T. Hay Clark. <laughs> and I said, 
Has he watched Kihei Clark play ever? <laughs> he, meant, said, he meant Dick Clark. He was going to be the next Dick Clark. That's what he was talking like, about. Your son ain't even close to Kihei Clark. Oh, like, man. are you kidding me? Like, Unbelievable. Of course he's going to tell you that. Why is he going to tell you that? Because you're paying you're him. writing him a check. Exactly. Yes. $100 a week yep. to do whatever you, th- you think he's doing. Absolutely. Hey, brother, we'll watch for you on the tube tonight. 11 o'clock. Good game. St. Mary's and and uh, San Francisco, have a good call. Travel safe, and we'll catch up with you real soon, I hope. Thanks, buddy. All right, no problem. Great talking to you. Take care. Sean Farnham, that was fun. That was fun. I didn't even get to ask him to do my work for me. I was hoping to. This is what? I've got uh, Arizona and Washington next week. I was hoping he'd do my notes for me right now, <laughs> but we didn't even get to it. Uh, it was good stuff. Yeah, no, it was good. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for being with us, and um, um, congratulations to whoever won our V stakes. Compliments of Big League haircut, and thanks to Fred for sitting in with us, and uh, thanks and to Sean and Leibs. Good to talk to Leibs again as well. We'll see you tomorrow, unless you know something I don't. Strebel's next. ESPN six eighty one zero five seven.